our stories behind the masks. A podcast you can well, listen to at home. That is like way too straight to the point. Of a three-week lockdown to combat the yeah, stay at home and listen to podcasts. Many people do not have Life in quarantine, the lockdown edition. Our stories behind the masks. Good morning. South Africa is struggling to adapt to some of the toughest restrictions in the world as it enters day two of its 21-day lockdown. Corona Diaries. Our, our stories behind the masks. And welcome back to another episode of Corona Diaries. If you haven't been following our podcast, let me give you a quick reminder of what it is about. As you all know, at the start of winter in March this year, Minister of Health Zulim Kiza confirmed that COVID-19 had arrived in South Africa. By the middle of that month, President Ramaphosa not only declared a national state of disaster, but also put our country under national lockdown. Now, students from all over the country were asked to leave their campuses to go home with little to no indication of when they'll be able to resume their studies. This was also true for us of the second year class of 2020 of the School of Journalism and Media Studies at Rhodes University, which is situated in the Eastern Cape. We all left in a hurry, uncertain as to when will we be seeing each other again. Soon we discovered it would be a very long time and that we would have to continue with our studies from afar. And so it was decided that we produce this podcast to stay in touch with each other and also share our experiences of the pandemic. Since then, we have filed stories from the places we call home all over South Africa. In time, as lockdown regulations lifted, many of us were able to return to campus However, the pandemic remained with us and so we have continued telling our stories about its impact on our lives. We have spoken about the anxiety of online learning, about the sorrow of being separated from our loved ones, about the joy of finding love in the time of COVID and about discovering moments of happiness and a little bit of normality in the middle of these crazy times. It is now November and summer has arrived but the state of national disaster is still in place. South Africa has been recording the highest number of COVID cases in Africa, and in the Eastern Cape, infections are on the rise. Our hospitals are overflowing, and at Rhodes University, some staff members as well as students are testing positive. In our last episode, we took a pit stop in Durban, Natal, to dip our feet in the warm waters of the Indian Ocean. This time, we make our way back to the Eastern Cape to connect with audio diarist Nanza Blatt who is in Makanda, the city of Saints. She introduces us to an old acquaintance of hers, Anxiety. Hear me out. A friend of mine came to visit so suddenly. Just a knock on the door and I welcomed her with open arms. She hugged me so tightly and told me she missed me. Keep in mind, the last time I spoke to her was in high school and a few odd encounters which left me uneasy. She made me cry struggled to achieve my goals or keep friends but you see i loved her because despite everything and everyone she's the only one who stayed i'm so sorry i'm so rude i haven't introduced you to my friend anxiety is her name tall beautiful dark and clingy the reason i groomed my way into a people pleaser perfectionist and praise hoarder the reason i started taking painkillers at the end of a school day just to numb the pain 
Just like that, I was under her spell again, triggered, paranoid, and traumatized. She crawled all over my skin, making it hard to breathe. She dragged in intrusive thoughts, anger, and betrayal, nibbled at my brain, slowly, destroying my soul. It was dark, ugly, and nothing was lovely. I could not breathe. Every day was a spiral of numbness dancing all around me, while I plaster a fake smile on my face and vomit out the words, I'm okay, thanks. How are you? To everyone who greeted me with a warm, crooked smile or sent a passing text. Anxiety would wrap her long arms around me and sing me a lullaby to my nightmares. Every day was a never-ending game of tug-of-war. Every day is still a never-ending game of tug-of-war. I need her to leave. But I have to say, despite her being the devil in my mind, she whispered, I'm only here to remind you of the promise you made yourself, and that is to go to therapy. So until then, anxiety still cuddles me to sleep, stays up with me at 2 a.m. while we drink chamomile tea to calm the nerves. She rises with me in the mornings, sits with me through Zoom calls and meetings. My friend Anxiety, she's clingy. And one day, when I am brave enough, I will wave her goodbye and blow her a silent kiss. One of the many things that the pandemic has taught us is that anxiety is a shared reality for many of us in South Africa. And this may especially be true for women because of the prevailing gender-based violence in our country. Now, the incidence of such violence has intensified during the time of COVID-19. And on the news, we've heard from Minister Becky Zeller that 2,230 gender-based violence cases were reported during the first week of the national lockdown. The National Gender-Based Violence Command Centre tells us they've had triple the usual number of calls. But pandemic or not, there's no doubt that women in South Africa have all the odds stacked against them. In Peter Marisburg, Josie McKink asked the woman in her life about their experience of confronting the daily anxieties of life in South Africa. South Africa is plagued by a pandemic much older than COVID-19. Femicide claims a new life every three hours. I decided to ask some women in my life about their experiences. When thinking about how often I feel scared or uncomfortable, it, it's actually shocking. Um, just going through an average day. You just have that fear, like, is one of them following me? You end up walking with your head turned backwards, just worried that someone's going to be following you. When I go for a run, I definitely don't feel safe. Even when I have my two very large dogs with me, I'm still really cautious. I still check and I still make note of every single license plate that passes me. And I make sure that my tracking on my cell phone is on so that if I do go missing, someone can at least find where my cell phone was. And that shouldn't be the case. You shouldn't have to have a cell phone that's tracking you so that your friends or your family can track you and see where you are in case something happens to you. I went for a jog in Grahamstown, Makanda. It was about five. Um, the sun was still out. And I was just running and I saw a man turn the corner and I automatically thought, Jenna, you need to try across the road or you just need to stay on your guard because you don't know this man and you don't know what he's going to do. But I just decided to just pick up my speed and just quickly run past him. But as I went past him, he lunged at me. I have actually, I've been physically assaulted when I was 16 and walking home from school. 
I was waiting to cross the road and a man was crossing, coming from the opposite way. And before I knew it, he came and he punched me in the face and knocked me off my feet. And it took me a while to go out for a walk or a run outside campus after that. I might be quite paranoid, but walking in public, I noticed different exit routes or maybe play scenarios in my head where someone has a attacks me in a certain way or maybe um, tries to take me and I sort of have already played the scenario in my head. Um, so if I'm walking or going for a jog where I live in my hometown, I know, okay, that person lives there and that person lives there and this is how far it is to go back home if I need to like quickly sprint somewhere. It doesn't stress me out anymore. I think I, that's problematic because now I've normalized that way of thinking. I realized one, I was always cackled more when I was in a uniform. So as a schoolgirl walking home from school, constantly cackled. But if I got changed into civvies, the catcalling seemed to decrease every time. A particularly terrifying example for me was I once went on some work experience and I was walking around a hospital by myself and um, a guy kept following me around, asking for my name and my number and where I lived. And um, even when I asked people to address this issue, he still persisted. So that made me feel, um, yeah, quite vulnerable and even violated. I was not stressed when I was up in a mall, or in a winkel, in my stand, freezing to be able to get out of the way. It was not Annie. Ik was definitief al wat ik gevoel het verneder gevoel het en minder waarde gevoel het bloot as gevolg van die feit dat ik net is. Ek doe niks nie, maar dit word as een, in een manse oog gesien as minder waardig of seksueel. Have we been seen? Have we been heard? Your move, men of South Africa. Josie is not the only person who has been thinking about shared experiences in the time of COVID-19. The pandemic has left us all with ample time to become introspective and discover who we are as people. With that being said, let's journey to Johannesburg to meet audio diarist Renee Moyo, who dug deep and came to a few conclusions about what she thinks not just of herself, but also her generation as a whole. It's an evil world we live in, but hey, I'm going to keep living. We are the generation of mold breakers. The generation that shatters glass ceilings and breaks stigmas in half. We tear down barriers. We rip through entire governments when we protest, when we repost and share, and we use what we have to make sure the people hear us. We are loud and unapologetic. To many, we can seem destructive with all the broken pieces of bureaucracy that we leave in our wake. But we do not care. We chariot forward in a world on fire through paths that were once set and clear, but that have become overgrown with thorns and difficult to navigate. Our futures are uncertain, 
clouded with fears of obsoletism, robots, melting ice caps, the kind of scenarios that movie directors dream up. Luckily, we are innovative and although these fears lurk, we combat them with new ideas, new ways to be great. Through everything, we are moving forward, never standing still. We are the generation of closet romantics. We are afraid to love, but when we do, we love who we want to, regardless of their skin color, their gender, their background. We love recklessly and passionately. We pour ourselves into our relationships, our friendships. We love so hard that even when things crash and burn, we always have love left to give another. The catch? We often struggle to love ourselves as much as we love those around us. We do not see ourselves in the same lens as the one we see others in. We're quick to judge ourselves, always ready to point out our flaws and compare ourselves to the men and women we praise on social media. Our idea of love is two-faced. It flows freely for others, but when it comes to us, it is conditional. We are the generation of free spirits. We do not care what other people think about us. We are a generation that has vowed to be the main characters in our individual stories. We live each day like it is the last. Sometimes this makes us impulsive and rebellious. Sometimes this drains us and we end up curled up in our rooms, deciding to live vicariously through others on social media for a while, recharging. Whatever the case may be, we are fully aware of the fact that our lives are measured by our experiences. And so we search for new experiences daily, always open to them. Some say we are too open, but we know that there is no such thing. Without a doubt, the COVID-19 pandemic has caused a lot of mayhem. Our lives have been uprooted and our outlook on reality has been altered forever. And that is not always a bad thing. In fact, this year has allowed some of us to be more spontaneous, adventurous, and to say yes more Often, storyteller Bianca McLean asked a few of her friends in Makanda to write short letters in which they share what they used to like before the pandemic hit and how they've changed. If only we could turn back time. There are so many things we would like to change. Things like going for a jog, socializing and going to our favorite coffee shops. I asked those closest to me to write a letter to their past selves before Corona to hear what they would tell themselves. Dear Minenli, appreciate all the times you could go out jogging because you'll miss it soon. Dear Josie, being alone for extended periods of time isn't as bad as you think it is. Dear Sasha, you're scared, I know. And you're worried about all your relationships, your friend group, your exes, your family members. But trust me, it's going to be okay. Dear Alexander, you're not going to have any alcohol for three months, so make the most of it while you still can. Dear Dylan, although those walks down to Eden Grove seemed painful at the time, you'll soon miss them, so enjoy them while they last. Dear Isipo, when you're in Makanda, try going to your favorite restaurant, Mike and Bean, more often than not, because 10 months into 2020, it will cease to exist. Love your future self. I might as well end off with mine. Dear Bianca, jump at every opportunity you have to go out. 
I know you're worried about that assignment, but I promise you it will get done. Go out, live life to the fullest. There will always be more time to do work. To our storytellers and our listeners, thank you for welcoming us into your homes and into your lives. This is the last time that we'll be connecting with you as this year draws to a close. But who knows what next year will be bringing to us. We know that COVID-19 is not going anywhere anytime soon. So the class of 2021 may have more stories to tell you about life in the time of a pandemic. But until then, the Corona Diaries team wishes you and yours well. I'd like to stay in touch to find out what stories a new generation of podcasters may be wanting to tell you about the new normal in 2021. Please follow us at Rhodes underscore JMS on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook using the hashtag Corona Diaries. You can also listen to this podcast on demand on your favorite podcasting streaming platforms. And from myself, Isipangukiana, and the rest of the Season 2 team, Stay safe and please be responsible this upcoming festive season. The story contributions for this episode were made by Nanza Platana, Josie McKink, Renee Moyo, and Bianca McLean. Bringing the world to you. To you. The Corona Diaries. Activate countdown. Someone for things to just be normal again. Yes, I'm Skako. The Corona Talk Book and Scribe. My diary, a corona. All the stories behind the box. Damn!